Hey, bookworms, do I have a deal for you? Right now, the Flight Attendant Joe series is available on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo. That's fasten your seatbelts and eat your fucking nuts. Flight Attendant Joe and I'm Just Here for the Layovers, available on ebook and paperback. And here's a little secret that I don't want you to tell anyone, all right? This is just between us right now. Each ebook is only $2.99. I know, I know. But I did not fall and hit my head. I know exactly what I'm doing. And each one is $2.99 right now. The Flight Attendant Joe series, available on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo. If you're looking for an inappropriate laugh, I've done all the work for you. All you have to do is sit back, read, and enjoy. If you enjoy listening to the Grounded with Joe Thomas podcast, please consider becoming a patron today. Visit www.patreon.com slash Grounded with Joe Thomas. There's multiple tier levels and each one of them comes with access to the Friday Debrief, which is a short little podcast episode I record on Friday mornings for patrons only. Of course, the podcast is always going to be free on all your podcast apps, but if you want to become a supporter and a patron of the podcast, you can. Just visit www.patreon.com slash grounded with Joe Thomas. Hey, everybody, welcome to the season finale of Grounded with Joe Thomas. I'm very excited. It's episode number 61. And my guest today, you guys know her from a podcast we did called Confessions on the Fly with LJ and Flight Attendant Joe. It is LJ. She's here. It's the reunion I've been waiting for. And we talked about this year, how it forced her to do some soul searching and the things she found out about herself. We also talked about past relationships, whether it's friendship or romance, and how even though today you might still think that person is a douchebag, there's something you learned from that experience. We talked about her new children's book that comes out in 2021, Pennies Ready to Fly. And LJ was so open and honest about her experience being dyslexic and how it's impacted her life. We chatted about her faith and got a little juicy about her new relationship. Very excited. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome LJ to the show. Yay, everybody. Hold on. I got something for you. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome you aboard. We kindly ask that you fasten your seatbelt. And eat your fucking nuts. This is Confessions on the Fly with (laughs) and Flight Attendant Joe. Yay! Everybody! It is the season finale of Grounded with Joe Thomas, and my favorite human is here with me, LJ Salerno. Welcome to the show! Oh my God, I'm nervous, I'm excited, I'm slightly aroused. What's new? Uh, well, what's new? You're always aroused. Um, always aroused. I mean, always. it was. listen, it was windy here the other day, and I thought, I sh- I don't know where LJ is, but I bet you she feels that, and she's probably like, my nips are hard. <laughs> oh my 100%. God. At all times, I'm getting a, a little lady boner, and I'm like, oh, where's Jill? Where's Jill? I don't, listen, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, I don't need to know about your lady boner. That is, okay. you just went over the line. No, I'm kidding. I, LJ, yeah. I am, so listen, Hi. I'm so excited you're on the show. And I bet you people are like, fucking finally he has her on the show. But it's just, it's not because she wasn't on the show. It was just like, it never happened. It and never happened. A couple, like busy last lie. month. Last month, what was, what was that? I said busy live. 
busy Just lives. And last week, a couple of weeks ago, when I was sitting down for the, la like writing out who I wanted to have on the show for the last, you know, for the rest of the year, for the last episode yeah. of the year, I was like, it has to be LJ. It, I, oh. it has to, there was <laughs> no one else that even came to my mind. And that's why I want to thank you for coming on the show. Cause I know you're very, very busy. Oh, I love you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I mean, this will do, but obviously us in person together is the, my favorite thing on the planet. It's just, you know, it's just me and my bestie. You know, how, how can I not, how can we top that? So this is a, a close second, but any time that I can spend with you, I'm all in. Oh, thank you so much. When I heard that yeah. music... What when you first heard that music come on? Like oh I have butterflies listening to I that. I get excited. I get excited. It was so fun. I couldn't believe that we like recorded and and filmed that those two seasons was like such a whirlwind and so fun. And I love that we have that on YouTube and documented because those episodes were hilarious. I would love to be able to do that again later on in life, like link up with you again and do, do that kind of stuff. Obviously our lives are, are you know, going in, in crazy directions and have so many things on our plate. Um, so now wouldn't be like the right time, but it was just so fun. I loved that. I will say this to, to help your female boner and for everyone else who has a boner right now, because you're on the show, yeah. I yeah. would totally I love the idea. I'm just throwing this out there that one day oh when the world is normal, oh we have a maybe like a short season three of Confessions <gasps> on the Fly. Just throwing it out there. Oh like God. if you ever called me one day and said, hey, come to L.A. for three days and let's bang this out. I'm not saying <laughs> flight attendant Joe couldn't make an appearance. Um, anytime you're going to bang something out, I want to be there. I'm oh, not going to lie. Listen, listen, you know, you, uh, listen, oh. I can, listen, I'm 48. I can barely bang out my right hand. Oh, oh. no. Oh, no. I love it. So, okay. Oh, God. All right. Let me take a breath. I know. We're back, oh. baby. We're back. God, it's just so fun. Fun. So <laughs> what have you been up to this year? No. I know this year has been such a, a, a whirlwind year, um, COVID year, you know. Um, but I think the last, I spoke to you very briefly early in the year um, when you were asking some questions about what flying was like during COVID, during this was like first lockdown, right? Right, yeah. And I kind of gave you a little bit of a rundown um, because I flew through March and April and then um, May I opted to do um, a, a like a, a voluntary furlough. I actually ended up taking four months. So May, June, July, and August, I took voluntary furlough, and I was off for most of the year Right for that time. Um, so it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but that I will say that first month was very difficult for me in terms of being grounded. Um, mm -hmm. especially as somebody who doesn't realize how much I travel on a regular basis or how much I am involved in other things or like active or seeing friends or seeing family or, or whatever on a regular basis. I never realized that I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm home. Um, but my, my apartment, um, was basically a crash pad and my house was basically a crash pad for me. So mm -hmm. I would pop into both 
Vegas and LA and not really spend a ton of time there because I was always on the go. So being forced to be grounded and be still was really big for my nervous system, mm. um, especially those first couple weeks of figuring that out. Because also, you've been to my place in LA. I don't have outdoor space. I don't have a patio. I don't have, you know, a balcony or, or multiple rooms or stuff. So. Like, it's a tiny little apartment. Right. Um, so being forced and confined in that. And then also being somebody who is viewed by the other, by outside sources and people as very toxic because of my job was very difficult. What do you mean? Um, what do you mean by toxic? Meaning just like, oh, she might have COVID-19 because she flies on an course. airplane? Okay. Of course. A hundred percent. Yeah. People definitely viewed me as toxic. Um, Jeez. I have a lot of, yeah, I know it's really weird. Um, that was very difficult. Um, cause it was a lot of like, because of your job, I'm not comfortable, you know, even social distancing around you. And I was like, okay, fine. You know, that's totally fine. I've even experienced it just in the past two weeks too. Okay, right. Um, as things tightened back up again, mm -hmm. um, where I had plans or had, um, yeah, plans to, to stay with somebody or whatever. And it was, we don't feel comfortable having you. And, and again, I understand that that's totally fine. Um, so yeah, the first, I think the month was very, um, hard to kind of get my footing and figure that out mm -hmm. and not like spin out. But then in June, I actually spent a month in Wisconsin. I went out to Rhinelander, Wisconsin. I had a friend who randomly told me, she's like, Hey, why don't you come to, and stay at my family's cabin? Um, it's, it's very isolated. You could, you know, quarantine there, you can decompress. You know, you could write, do whatever you need to do, and it's outside of L.A. Because at that point, there were a lot of riots in L.A. Um, COVID was, you know, raging or whatever. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll go for three days and just to, like, get out of town and decompress. And I ended up staying for almost a month. It wow. the best thing I could have possibly done, and I'm insanely grateful for that. Um, for my friends and, and that option and being able to go um, and having a, a basically she but basically her family owns like a compound it's multiple cabins mm -hmm. and garages full of you know ATVs and boats and jet skis and all this kind of um, outdoorsy kind of stuff and I felt like a kid in a candy store it was so great it was so great I actually slept and you know how bad I sleep mm -hmm. I actually had really good sleep and regulated my system, and ate and cooked really good food, and um, spent a lot of time journaling, and spent oh, a lot that's of time fabulous. working on my book. Yeah, yeah. And I that's spent good. like a hunk of time working on my children's book, which was fantastic. Good. Um, so that was a, a big um, a, a big month for me. And then coming back to L.A., and um, yeah, and then coming back to L.A., and, and spending time here, and um, you know, did other small little trips like the one up to Yosemite, um, with, uh, my boyfriend and, um, and, uh, you know. Oh, that's exciting. To... Yeah. We're yeah, going to, we're going like, to talk did... about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. But like went up to, um, Yosemite and then twice actually. Um, and then went to Temecula, um, wine country. So wow. just like a bunch of little things to kind of get that travel bug and um, still do that in like a safe way. Sure, um, yeah. And then, you know, went back to work 
which was weird, um, but also felt really good. And I actually felt really grateful to go back to work. Really? Um, okay. That I, worked with. I know, which was shocking for me. Too. That's a I question like, I have for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this was always like a little side thing for me. And I was like in between acting and writing and that kind of stuff. So being able to go back, I had this overwhelming sense of gratitude um, mm. for my job, for the people that I work with. Um, it just, it was really, really nice. Now, of course, we're in holiday travel season. Um, and COVID is raging on top of that. So you could imagine the dynamic of humans I'm dealing with right now. Oh, I can't. I would die. Different. I would die. I, I, you know, I could barely handle these fucking people when I wasn't, when it wasn't a pandemic. So I can't right? even imagine. But it sounds like this Wisconsin trip was kind of like this soul regenerating experience oh. for you. Did you notice a change in your mental health from when you got there to when you left and what kind of changes happened, happened? Oh, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. Um, a hundred percent. Um, I think it was very good for me spiritually. I got a lot of quiet time. You know, I'm a person of faith. So I got like a little, a lot of private time with me and God and got to like patch things out. Um, so spiritually I felt really, really fulfilled. Um, and mentally just having the luxury of a break. I haven't had that. Like, when was the last time in my adult life I ever had time off from a job mm -hmm. that I didn't have to work? Right. Now, now, granted, I have, I'm very, very fortunate, and I know that I'm very, very fortunate to have a luxury of, like, I was able to get unemployment during that time. I know people are still dealing with not having unemployment. Um, and also, I have, you know, savings and a safety net, but I felt comfortable doing that for that long amount of time not everybody has that luxury right. so i knew i was insanely fortunate to have that um and i wasn't taking that for granted um but like honestly spiritually mentally um my anxiety was much calmer um i felt more in control of it and more centered um it just was a really amazing experience i'm Super, super grateful. I mean, I left Wisconsin. And I was like, when can I buy a cabin there? Right. I was about to <laughs> my house. I was like, this is so good for my mental health. Mm -hmm. But then it also just made me reprioritize. And I think that was like the big thing about this year. I think COVID has stripped away so much of what people focus on. And anything that has kind of been left and remained is the main thing, whether it's your health or your family. Um, whatever it is, like those are the things that are of, of true value. And I think it really helps me adjust and be still and be comfortable in that stillness and be loved in that stillness and accepted and appreciated. Um, I mean, I really found a lot of value in spending a lot of time cooking, being very mindful of um, the ingredients that I'm putting in my body and, and feeding my boyfriend and, and what we're cooking together and staying healthy and staying active and, and um, working out. Um, but also really spending that time and having those deeper conversations with each other and having, you know, harder conversations with my parents or my friends, whether that is on FaceTime or in like a social distance purpose. Um, I really just think it like refocused the, of, 
the value of what's really important. Right. That's, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm really glad to hear that because going into it, I could see where, you know, when did you go there in June, right? In Wisconsin? I went there in June. Yeah. May, May, it was like, by May, we were just like, oh my God, when, you know, how stupid of us to think in May, oh, when's this going to be over? Now it's almost December and we're getting ready for the the big winter. Um, But to be able to go there and just be, and so many people can't do that. And I, and I'm so thankful that you're, you're grateful for that. You said you have so much gratitude for that. And I, I really appreciate that because so, so many of us, we get so caught up in our own bullshit and everything that's going on on a daily basis. We forget to step back and say, wow, I should be grateful for this opportunity. Oh my God. And we focus on so many things that don't, are not necessary, that are, are, are almost forced upon us to be important. And I feel like it's our job to keep pulling back our hand or our heart or whatever and be like, no, this is what's important to me. Right. You know me in terms of like, I've always disliked social media. Yeah. Um, because I feel like it is a vice. Um, like alcohol, I feel like similar to like your relationship with alcohol is a similar relationship to social media. And I think it keeps people connected when there is supposed to be an ending. I don't think it's healthy that people are looking at, you know, Facebook and your ex's stories, whether they're ex relationships, whether they're ex friends, whether they're ex business people. I feel like there's a, there's a reason things ended, um, and not in an ill will way, like genuinely not in a, like my past few exes i'm i'm i even have a, a massive amount of gratitude for that like, what wait a minute wait a minute okay wait a minute i just almost yeah. slipped out of my chair because yeah. Yeah. you and i have talked about this i can remember yeah. one time 100%. you know uh, where i would say sh- oh yeah I'm, I'm friends with my exes and you were like oh no I, no, I, no, I, no 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 so, no so it baffled me yeah it baffled you and so i don't expect you to be friends with your exes but to hear that you can find something in those relationships that you took away from whether no matter what kind of learning experience it was i'm very proud of you for that that's fabulous thank you but i've i've always i think i uh, maybe i misspoke I have a ton of gratitude, especially, I mean, I spent 10 years with somebody, especially that I have a ton of gratitude. I wasn't going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. My thing is being, being so connected to that person that I don't think is healthy. Right. Where you're like, hi, I live next door to you. And I'm at the, oh my God, look, we're at the same restaurant. Yeah. I I shouldn't be seeing what he's doing on a regular basis. That's not my business. We both chose to not be in, in each other's lives. It's also been 10 years. It's a very different story. Right. And actually, his brother reached out to me just recently because I was in Temecula or whatever. And we're cool. Again, I say that we're cool. But I do not think it's healthy for either party to be seeing what somebody is doing on a regular basis. That's not, you chose to not be in that person's life. I can wish you all the best. Right. And again, I'm saying this with not just like romantic relationships. I'm saying this with relationships that are, friendship. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Any relationship. Absolutely. Business relationships that have ended. Um, and I find it fascinating to see who is my first couple people who look at my stories. And it's interesting for me to see who those people are Mm. because, and I know that they have new girlfriends or other 
um, business relationships or friendships and stuff like that. Why are you so interested in what I'm doing that? Right. Again, th- this is this is a whole nother rabbit hole. Sure. Um, yeah. But I love, I like. Social media, is, I, you, you know me with social media. So I'm very um, calculated, I guess you can say, with what I choose to share and not share because it's a highlight reel. You know what I mean? It's not the totality right. of a human being, the totality of somebody's um, life. Um, you know, but, yeah. but I so, like that. I like that you talked about relationships, though, because it yeah. doesn't have to be somebody you dated. It could be a friendship. No. When I was leaving no. the airline, when I was leaving the airline, I, people were like, I hope you're still going to be my friend. I was like, I didn't like you when I worked there. So there's a high probability that I'm not going to be your friend. Huh? Yeah, but also like, but also like, to those people who said that to you, were you actually friends? No. Were you actually seeing each other and hanging out and calling each other and, and what, whatever it is? Like, what was the what was the quality of that friendship? You know what I mean? Well, I think friendship has been has been diluted because of social media because oh, you can. You know, how many times have you worked with someone and you're like, oh, you're nice. And they're like, let's be friends on Facebook. Like, no, I don't really want to see you again. Uh, this was a fun yeah. three days and yay, yeah. we had drinks, but my friendship roster's full. And you know, I have yeah. this thing in my mind, like if I lose a friend, I don't replace them because I, yes, because I know. I, <laughs> it sounds mean, but I'm like, oh, I lost a friend, but I'm not replacing no. that person because I'm no. already too busy. No, no, I get that. Yeah. But also it's, it's just like, yeah, the quality. I think it's quality over quantity. And and those people can be acquaintances. And I've had people who benefit so much from social media in terms of like they make connections that way and build relationships that way. And I think that I'm all for that when it comes to business, like for your books. I mean, again, I dated somebody who's an author for his books. I think that's massively important. And I 100% wish him nothing but the best but if i wish you nothing but the best it does not mean i want to get back together with you i know you have a girlfriend like you we have there has to be that disconnect there i can wish you the best but also not want to get in your pants like right and you'd like to get in everyone's pants no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding listen hey i um, got a nice irish potato and i'm super happy uh, listen listen we're gonna talk about that but i want to i want you to hear this sound and i want you to know if you remember what this is are you are you ready okay okay yeah oh my god is that the bell that's your bell that i still have you still have it? Oh my god! Yes. Remember, we were going to incorporate that into <laughs> confessions on the fly, and then anytime you swore. Right? Oh that god! Was... Well, the, I'm and sure then... I'm shocked it makes a sound anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I still have this. And then I think was it Nate? Like our producer was like, um, "You got to mix the bell because you're hitting it like every other second." <laughs> well, it was in my backpack, and then you know I couldn't wait to get out of LA. I barely even looked. I didn't even unload the things out of my backpack. I was just like, "Get me to the fucking airport." as quickly as possible because oh I hate God. this town more than anything. anything. And then I couldn't even hand you back your bell, but, oh my God. but listen, I also have your mug, by the way, like oh. I have your on the fly mug. Yeah. From the well, studio. save I'll it for when I visit so that we can, yeah. um, we can, um, we can drink from them again, but you, I'm very curious about this thought of, you know, when you and I met, I had already yeah. been at the airline for a while. You were still yeah. new. And now I, so 
I don't yeah. work there anymore, and you and do. I and I am really surprised. I'm actually surprised that you said like, I I was grateful to go back. I was excited yeah. to go back or just yeah. like, now, did you ever think that would have happened? Fuck no. Are you kidding me? You made me curse in Jesus' name. Oh, uh, oh, well, all right, all right. Have you fallen back down that far well where now you can't swear anymore? No, 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 please. I mean, I... Cause I, I bet, listen, you can say, fuck. listen, you can say fuck every few minutes because Jesus is watching what you and the new boyfriend are doing in the bedroom. And he is, oh, we, let we, me tell we you, confess it every morning over breakfast. let me tell you something. Last night. <laughs> Jesus is going to make this pandemic worse just so you guys aren't in the, <laughs> just kidding. But no, like, oh are God. you surprised? Like, do you have a different outlook now or a different view on being a flight attendant or are you still in I that do. place where you're like, it's not just a temporary stop? Um, it's so bizarre, honey. Like it really is. I do. I do have a different sense of gratitude for it. I am so grateful, but you've known this. Like I'm so grateful for the people that I work with. I do think my company does, an amazing job hiring people. And I do feel like my purpose, my purpose in life and with whatever time I have here is, has been and always will be to love and encourage people as much as I possibly can for as long as they are in my life. And a lot of times I don't have the choice of how long somebody stays in my life, but my job is to love and encourage as much as, much as I possibly can. So that when they leave my, you know, spinning circle of a tornado or whatever, you know, they have a good thought or a good feeling or they felt loved, they felt seen, they felt felt appreciated um, from me. You know, that's my job. Um, so I have that sense for the airline and less for the passengers, I'm going to be totally honest. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> they're terrible. The people, yeah. yeah, of course. They're horrendous. And that hasn't, that hasn't changed. So you're not missing much on that end. <laughs> I'm not, and I don't, yeah. <laughs> not, yeah, absolutely. I honestly feel like if you went, if you had this overwhelming sense of like, I miss it, and you went back, you would literally walk on the plane, do one plane, and be like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Well, you know, I had <laughs> a dream. So done. I've been having these dreams lately. So part of my agreement to leave was I can, if I ever come back, I lose my lifetime flight benefits and I'd have to work there for 10 more years again until I could reach the retirement age. But what? yeah, so yeah, that's part of the agreement. Like if you ever came back, even if I was like, hey, let me work ops, in, you know, let me do ground ops in Denver, I would lose my lifetime benefits and wow. I would have to work there another 10 years to get the retirement package thing. So I'm God. never coming back. And of course never I don't want to, back. it's in the rear oh, view. God. It's in the rear view mirror now, but yeah. I keep yeah. having these dreams. And last night I had this dream where, um, I, I, I decided to come back and I had to go to recurrent and I was looking for my uniform and it was in this ball on the floor in the in the closet and the pants were wrinkled. Everything was a mess. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want to go back. I'm not going back there. What am I? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And then in the dream, I was like, this is a dream because I'm not going back. I left. Wow. And I oh, woke I up thinking, wow, I, I had one of those dreams where it was like a lucid dream where I realized, oh, this isn't real. I'm dreaming. 
Oh my God. But yeah, I would oh. never go back. I don't miss it at all. Not one. Not I, one bet. The only thing I miss is like bumping into you at a CVS in Orlando while you're shopping for ice cream and you don't even recognize me after we've done written a TV show and worked on a podcast together like LJ. And you're like, excuse me, my face is in the cookies and cream. <laughs> I will never forget that moment was so perfect. I was like beelining it for that Ben and Jerry's like a chubby chubby baby. I remember exactly. You were wearing this big flowing house dress. <laughs> you walked over from the Renaissance hotel or whatever it was. And I walked by you and I was like, I know her. <laughs> like I, like we had filmed an entire episode season of about, and I'm like, like LJ. Oh, I, was, I was three to the wind. I had a bunch of cocktails in me and I was like, ice cream, like literally like from like the Goonies. Oh my God. Those are the things I miss, but I definitely uh, don't miss the, well, you know what? I shouldn't say I don't miss passengers because they did, they did provide me countless, oh countless, countless stories to retell. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Oh, speaking and, of countless stories to retell, somebody has a new book coming out, doesn't he? Oh God. This is not about me. This, this, I want to know about it. This, I don't this give is. A shit. Everybody doesn't care. Like they just love the two of us chatting together. That is but true. Tell me about the book. So this book I'm has so basic. This book feels like Satan came to live with me for the summer and stabbed me in the heart every five minutes. So. Well, first of all, before you go into it, can I just say? Yeah. I love how. I mean, <laughs> you talk about the fact that, like, oh, I'm not doing enough this or that sometimes you've written another book how many books is that now this will be four i feel like taylor four. this is i feel like taylor swift remember when she dropped folklore and no one knew it was even coming that's kind of how i feel oh but i've told everyone God. um i love it this book has been a completely stressful experience for me and i don't ever want to do it again and i'm really happy that i don't that I know that I'm not going to write books for the next five years because I'm going to be going to school to get my bachelor's cool. degree. So I feel that's like, oh, good, I've written four books. Now I'm going to go to school to learn how to write. My husband thinks that's yeah. hilarious. But <laughs> this book was so different, and it just it wasn't supposed to be because remember when I fit when I wrote I'm just here for the layovers. I said that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm never writing another flight attendant book again. Yeah, I and, remember that. And then the COVID nineteen came and. You know, we started having happy hour every day because what else do you do? You drink. So, and of I was course. making these fun cocktails and Matt was like, you should write a cocktail book. And I was like, you need to stop doing so many edibles because obviously it's really messing with your brain. I'm not going to write. I don't know. I don't even know how to do that. I have no clue. And he goes, well, you didn't know how to write a book. You didn't know how to start a podcast. You didn't know how to write a TV show. And you've done all these things. So, of course, you can do this. So, I was like, of I'm going to do it. So, um. It was, a, it was very stressful though, because you know, if you just tell me, hey, write a book with flight attendant essays, boom, I can do that very easily. Of course. But this was creating cocktails, trying out the cocktails over and over. Like there would be days where Matt was in the garage and I'd bring them out martinis or he would come in the house and I'd have like four drinks lined up the same drink just with different things in each one. And I, cause I created every one of these cocktails. Oh my God. And, um, you know, some of them, like I have a classic Manhattan, which basically, you know, you can get anywhere in the world, but I, I did a little bit of, I judged it up and did a little bit of different things here and there and stuff like that. Yeah. So I would have them come in and try, I'm mean, like, here, there's four cocktails. I need you to tell me which one is the best. And I'd have ABC. I mean, it was a, 
it was a production. And then I had to take all the photos and I had to learn how to publish a book. Cause you know, when you're an indie author, you're doing it all on yeah. your own. And yeah, that's the part where I'm at right now. Right. With my um, young adult book, it's the formatting. Mm. So we're in formatting right, right now. And um, it's so, it's so different than anything that, I, cause again, I have the creative side of the brain. I don't have, this type of you know business side of the brain like it just it doesn't come easy for me right so that's kind of where i'm at and then for me i'm attaching it to um certain charities so like the the profits some of the profits will go towards charity so i'm like how do i do that or oh, do wow. i just do it at first and like take the sales at first and then pay to charity afterwards so like that's kind of where i like yeah it's i want to talk to you after the podcast about oh certain yeah. things of selling on Amazon and all that kind of stuff. We'll talk about that later. But well, that, yeah. that, that I know how to do. It's the, it's the, um, all that other stuff. So I was like doing photos. Yeah. So now I am, everything is done. Every picture in the book was taken by me, except for the front cover, which was taken by my husband, my author photo. And then there's a, there's a picture of Sangria that my husband took, but every other photo I had to buy a little studio thing. I mean, the pictures was the, I, if I, if I'm, I, if I never take another photo of a cocktail again, I will be happy. It was the most stressful damn thing I've ever done. But now we're at, now we're at the end. So now I'm just waiting for, so all the formatting's done. The book looks, I I have to say, it's freaking beautiful. Like flipping through and there's photos. Like, I'm very exciting. Um, oh my God. So it's stories and the cocktails related. So well, first of all, I can't wait because I'm going to go through every single cocktail and we're going to, because Danny's an amazing, he makes the best margarita I've ever oh, had. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So we're going to like definitely have drinking and reading nights together. Right. So like it's going to be. So we, we can make the cocktail and read the story that's like related to the cocktail. Yeah. So what I did was each cocktail, um, has a story. So like, okay. like uh, the one that pops, cause I brought it up, it's the classic Manhattan. And then the story is Mr. Sutherland, I presume. So you'll, you'll read the, the, you'll read how to make the drink, of course. And then the story mm -hmm. will be after, and some of them are connected. You know, I had, I'll be honest writing a book. Okay. I had to stretch some of the stories. Like Mr. Totally. Sutherland did not ask for a Manhattan. I'm going to share this. He asked for a Jack Coke, Jack and Coke, but this was a Manhattan story. So, Manhattan you know, sometimes story. you have to change little bits of there, but my, in, oh. my vision is that somebody will make a cocktail. They'll sit down with the cocktail. They'll be on a, they'll have a nice cozy blanket and they'll read uh, the funny story and they have the drink. And so it's good. It's more of an experience. I love that. That's so fun. And also I like the idea that you can like break it up too. I don't have to read this book five, you know, right. in one sitting. I can be, it could be like my treat, you know, my weekly treat of like, I could read one story a week. Right. And that's, that's exactly what Matt said. Matt was like, you know, you, this book might do even better than the other ones because you know, they're, they're short stories, like two or three pages. So it's not like, oh, there's, there's a 15 page story that I have to get involved in. It's, it's. Oh my God, this would be great for like a book club too, like a virtual book club with COVID going on right now oh to have God. like your friends or your flight attendant friends 
you can all make the same cocktail on your layover together. And oh, then you can like God. do a, like a, fa- a group FaceTime and chat. Oh, this sounds so fun. Why aren't you, why aren't you the publicist? Why aren't you my publicist? Because <laughs> you just said all these things. And I literally thought to myself, that sounds like a lot of work, sister. <laughs> um, no, but I'm, I'm happy that, you know, this, okay, now I'm, this really is the last flight attendant book I'm ever going to make because you're like, I'm never doing this. No, shit well, again. because flight attendant <laughs> Joe has kind of retired and yes. I, I'm bringing him back a little bit for this book, of course, but really course. the flight attendant Joe thing is kind of done. It's, yeah. it's, I'm not a yeah. flight attendant anymore. And I, I, my goal was that I was going to continue being flight attendant Joe, but a couple months after I left, I thought, I felt like a fake. I felt like, you know, sure, I've been a flight attendant for almost 13 years, but I'm not anymore. And I haven't even flown through COVID-19, so I can't even relate to that. And I just felt like an imposter. And you know how I am with the imposter syndrome stuff. Of course. So, and this- I mean, I feel like to some extent, like Flight Attendant Joe was your most famous character. And it's like like um like a character from Will and Grace or something like that. Right. You know, Jack isn't Jack on a regular basis when he's out in life. That is his most famous character, and he's gone on to do other things. Sure, and so, sometimes he and then he came back just like if we did a season three of Confessions right. on the Fly, Flight Attendant Joe right. would come back. So yeah, so but I'm glad that you say that because Flight Attendant Joe, let's get this out there, was a character and. Uh, a lot of people don't still know no, they still don't they're still like oh my god you must have been the worst flight attendant in the world i'm like it's a fucking character you moron yeah. but excuse also, my language. i've flown with him firsthand and i know how amazing and professional he is also can i just say too i'm just gonna just like gush on you really quickly oh, go i'm not gonna um, stop you yeah I, I know but like, i really love grounded with flight attendant joe i think you are such an amazing interviewer i love listening to your conversations i think you ask amazing questions they're so smart and i love the variety of people that you have on your show and also i love that you are constantly pushing yourself to grow on a regular basis like i applaud you so much to be going back to school at like the fact that that was an option for you and you wanted to run with it and it didn't scare you away and you've written four books and you're still going to go to school. Like it's, I'm so in awe of you as a human being and as a, you know, a mentor and, and as somebody who's involved in the, in, like in quote unquote entertain, you are in entertainment, you are in an entertainment industry um, and really like making a niche for yourself. I'm just, I'm just in awe of you and I applaud you and I'm just so I don't know, proud to know you. I just think, I think you're just doing an amazing job to like, just be pushing yourself on a regular basis in this manner. I just think it's, it's inspirational to so many people of what's possible. So, sorry. No, no. I mean, (laughs) we have to pause now because I just ejaculated in my jeans. (laughs) Cause I don't think, I don't think anybody's complimented me like that forever. No, um, I do want to also say, and you know this, but I am. I hate doing acknowledgments in books because oh, in my second book, I was like, I'm going to acknowledge everyone that I know. And I spelt a few names wrong. And those people, oh, instead of being like, yay, they were like, you spelt my name wrong. And I was like, I will never yeah. fucking do this again, again forever. But in my, yes. in this new book, the only two people I acknowledged by name are my husband and you. Oh, um, I feel so honored. 
because you sent me those amazing glasses as a retirement gift. Yes, um, you, aren't they so cool? They're on my bar right now, and they're they're oh used throughout my book. And they gave me I'm the thought. Like I had no clue of what I wanted to do for fonts or or how the look was going to go. And when I saw those, I was like, wow, they look so 60s and 70s. And I was right? like, there you go. They're so like cool vintage. Go. Oh, I'm so happy you love them too. Yeah. Oh, I love oh, them. That well, so I happy. I have to be really careful. I don't like to use them. Oh my God, I've become yeah. the old woman that puts plastic on her sofa because oh, I don't want to break them. One day, I like when we were doing the photo shoots, one day I heard Matt break a glass and I was like, ah, what glass did you just? And he's like, it wasn't one of those. I was like, because I mean, I will leave. I, if I have to leave you, I'll take my three glasses, the one that... Um, but also, I wanted to thank you because yeah. in the book and, and now on the show, I wanted to thank you because out of all the people I know, you are the one yeah. person that I've opened myself up to to be creative with. You know, oh. being yeah. being a writer is a very solo thing. You don't, mm -hmm. no one else is involved. No one else is there. It's kind of like you're yeah. in your own world. You're telling it's your voice and you're sharing your story. And you kind of broke that mold for me by sitting mm -hmm. down and writing a TV show together, yeah. be, being on a podcast. You taught me how to work huh. with other people. And huh. that was something that I'm still that I would still struggle with today because mm -hmm. I have a hard time with that saying, Oh, I, Oh, it's a, Oh, I, Oh, we have to agree on things like uh -huh. that is, that is a, that is a test. And that is something that you, whether you know it or not opened up for me as a learning experience. So I want to thank you for that. And that, so between the glasses and just that you're my, you're my creative human. You're the person, like if somebody came to me and said, Hey, I want you to do this. And I need you to, do you know anybody who is creative and who could come on board? I would be like, yes, of course. Let me call her. Oh, that's so sweet. I feel honored. Thank you. It's a really vulnerable thing to open yourself up in a creative manner in that way to like share your creativity mm -hmm. um, and, and kind of put your brains together and work towards a common goal. It's a very, I think it's also, it's very similar to like love or relationships in terms of you want to be open and vulnerable and that you're being received on the other end. Like you sharing your opinions or you sharing um, your vulnerabilities does not mean a lack of love or a lack of, um, acceptance on the other end when you kind of share those ideas. Mm -hmm. um, it really is kind of like working together is a very, very um, almost difficult thing. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Having that kind of push and, push and pull, you know, being right. open to um, other opinions and ideas. Oh, I'm so happy to, to help with that. And also, by the way, yeah. um, uh, now boarding might have a second life, just FYI. There's Wait a minute. A little bit of buzz on that. I know. I know that'll be in the new year. Cause I have to get, um, <laughs> Danny says hi, by the way. Oh, Hey Danny. Um, <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about Danny next. Yeah. Uh, he just said, woohoo in the back. Um, <laughs> he's sweet. Um, he had a he's hot to too, but go ahead. Yes. Yeah, know, right? Do you know how many, Oh my God. He's walking the same path that I walk. He's like taking my place, except I never banged you, but I definitely walked to your bathroom so many times while you would sleep. Like it was the end of the world and you, the blanket was going to save you. I don't know, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh my God. 
funny. I've never it's seen anyone fun. sleep like you in my entire <laughs> life. And it doesn't matter if it's an airplane, if it's a lounge in the airport, if it's your own bed. You look like you're going to bed forever. Never, never waking up. Yeah, you look like That's good. All I right, feel. I'll see you never because I'm gonna go to sleep and it's gonna be so intense that I might not wake up. I might die now. This was fun. I gotta go. I used to lay on the air mattress in the living room, like, please don't let her die at her sleep because I'm gonna have to call somebody and it's probably gonna be Mackenzie. <laughs> Per usual. Uh, I call Mackenzie for everything. She's my um, she's my person on my will of uh, who to call or who to pull the plug or whatever. She's like, yeah, but like when you get married, that'll change. And I was like, no, it won't. Like, you're my person. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're you're my person who is going to make the you're going to sit there looking over me thinking, is she sleeping or is she just going to you know, like <laughs> what a dark conversation. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that that was but i don't even remember what we were talking about do you oh my god no oh oh now boarding might have a, a second yes. life oh by my the way. God. it'll be in the new year there yeah there's a it'll be in the new year i'll fill you in on that um in the future but uh, for me like i have to get um the book out because the book the book that i wrote is right is, um for my for my niece and that will that's actually the plan was to make it for christmas present Okay. Um, she's not going to listen to this podcast, so that's totally fine. How old is she? She's um, uh, 10. God, no. Please do not let anyone under the age of 18 listen to this show. But no, ahead. yeah, exactly. Absolutely not. Um, so, yeah, so, th- so the book is for her, but I'm going to make it, you know, purchasable mm-hmm. um, for other people. And um, that a part of the proceeds goes for um, dyslexic, a charity that uh, supports dyslexic learning. Um, wow. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that's why it's taken a, a a bit longer. Um, but also we've talked. I mean, you remember? I was that earlier this year when everything went to shit, and I messaged you, and I was like, okay. So when my illustrator went a, a different direction, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I had to get a new illustrator in the eleventh hour, and and you did. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and did not didn't didn't Big Brother Joe say everything would be okay? A hundred percent. And now, you said you're like you were allowed to flip out in this moment. This is a big blow. And then tomorrow you pick yourself up by your bootstraps and you get to work. Did I say that? Yeah, you did. Wow. Yeah. Some you know what? Yeah. Sometimes I should take my own damn advice. Because <laughs> that sounds really amazing. I can't believe I it said was that. Really yeah. No, but it was like a validation of like, you were allowed to feel your feelings. Right. This is a low blow, honor that, and then pick yourself up and get to work. Because right. Because the book, because yeah. this happened, doesn't mean that the book doesn't need to come out. And like you said, it could possibly be even better than you imagined and which it is. That's I have fabulous. The best illustrator who is also dyslexic mm-hmm. and a woman and we're on the same page and she has made the most beautiful illustrations for this book that I'm just, I can't wait. I'm very excited for it to come out. So do you have a time frame? In, um, I would like it out at the beginning of the year. I, I'm going to, again, I'm going to give it to my niece and a couple people um, as a present for the holidays and stuff like that. So I'll have the hard copy in my hand and be able to do that. But for me, I don't know how you, you do this with like a launching of a book of like, 
getting it all set up to, for purchasing. I think that will be in the new year. Like okay. Right in the beginning of the new year. Oh, but it's done. Um, it, the book is done. Oh, the book is done. What? The book is done. I know. What is that? Can I you know. can you share the title of the book? Yeah, it's called Penny's Ready to Fly. Penny's Ready to Fly. And what is, yeah. can you tell me a little bit about Penny? What's going on with Penny? Absolutely. It's the story of Penny and her Aunt Patty. Um, and Penny is a young girl who's fascinated with um, flying and airplanes. Um, she is wondering if her special skills, um, meaning that she has um, dyslexic traits, um, are going to be able to help her with her pursuit of flying in the future. Um, so it's really about loving and encouraging um, the quote on what people think are different about each other are actually the things that are going to help get you to the next level in your life. Mm. So dyslexic thinking is actually um, uh, thinking that can actually help benefit you in the future. And um, if we are proactive in encouraging those assets, um, we think that that will be more beneficial instead of telling children that you're different. That was a big thing for me growing up and um, in education. It was always coming from an offensive um, place of this is why you're different and this is why we have to do different things instead of this is what makes you awesome. This is what your brain can do. Look how great that is. Um, so because um, dyslexic thinking has to do with processing information, problem solving, and comprehending. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're just flipping the script, so to say, on how somebody processes information, comprehends, and problem solves, um, you know, I think you can get to, to greater heights quicker. Um, and, you know, and it's something that also affects adults. I mean, I've talked to Danny about this before, too. So he has an idea of like, hey, when I ask questions over and over, um, it's because my brain is, is still processing certain things. Or um, I'm going through a problem, like for me to go through a checklist in my brain about problem solving, because it doesn't just affect reading and writing. Um, it also affects certain types of relationships. Okay. Um, I found out that in a, as an adult, um, this was fun when I went back to therapy, um, that my anxiety doesn't stem from me just being anxious. It actually stems from me being dyslexic. And from a young age, I have felt behind the curve. Mm. So I have not had to work twice as hard just to get ahead of the game. I usually had to work twice as hard just to be even healed with people. Right. Um, so that's where that kind of anxiety has stemmed from. Um, how did that feel so, finding that out? Like, like thinking like, Oh, I'm an anxious mess because a, B and C, and yeah. then you go to therapy and they're like, it's actually because of, of, this, of being dyslexic and, and that experience. Yeah. Like how did, how do you feel walking out learning that? That was a huge thing for me. It almost was a huge sense of relief mm -hmm. too. Because for me, in my brain, in my checklist of a brain, I was like, oh, no, I've managed, I've handled my dyslexia um, at a younger age. And I'm like, check it off the list, move on. And actually seeing that it's been incorporated into my life. I mean, you know me. You met me. Like, I've lost chunks of hair from anxiety. I've got shingles from having oh, panic Oh, I remember attacks. the shingles, yeah. Right? right. You, you know, you've seen that firsthand. But that actually had to do with, my um, uh, compensating um, for being having too many things on my plate because as a dyslexic, it takes me a little bit longer. I see the big picture. I can see the big picture, but the certain steps to kind of 
fill in those blanks sometimes take a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Um, And my idea of a timeline is very different than the actual idea of a timeline. (laughs) You know, how much time it takes to get something accomplished. Does it make, you know, I used to, I used to always tell you, like you put too much on your plate. Does this statement, does this statement make sense about that though? It's not that maybe you put so much on your plate. It's just that what I would look at your plate, I would think, oh, that's a normal plate or, oh, there's so much on her plate, but you have to put so much on because you do have to work extra being dyslexic to get to just that level of where everyone else is. Does that make sense? Not to be disrespectful. No, it, it makes total sense. Okay. It makes total sense. Absolutely. Cause I always um, used to tell you like, why do you put so much on your plate? But it, maybe it's not even your fault. Maybe you have to yeah. just so yeah. that you can get uh, things done or you can process mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I need to see the big picture. So there's a lot on that plate. So I can, so it makes sense in my brain to see everything, but then it's the tackling it step by step by step is going to take much longer for me so but that was a huge thing to like an aha moment in in therapy to figure that out um which again we've talked about the benefits of therapy and i think everybody should go to therapy at at some point in their life Um, everyone if not regularly i think it's it's super helpful and i've done the whole thing whether it's therapy or spiritual healing or uh coaching or whatever i just think it's great i think it's great to have outside perspective um Do you know, I, you know, I've been having a lot like this year we keep saying everyone and, and I'm sure this is true for a lot of people. And I am very lucky Mm -hmm. with my life. So I understand that, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I have been bitching so much about this year and I, I haven't taken in account that things Mm -hmm. that have happened this year have caused me to grow as a human. Oh my God. Right. But like in the best. Way in the possible. best way possible. Like I'm now, I'm having go back to that gratitude. Right. I'm like so weirdly grateful for this year. It forced things to not be in my life that didn't need to be a priority or whatever. And then it focused me on like refocusing that thing on things that did really matter. Right. I'm just so, I mean, wildly, you know, a chronic sense of gratitude for right. that. I've been having gratitude for like that fucks her brains. You you know what I mean? The pilot, like how we, like, did you ever think I would say that out loud? I mean, I she's a douchebag, but you know, like, but even have a sense of gratitude for that. Like, do you know, that's when Danny and I met over, like, we didn't even realize it. Like we met at a table read a year or two ago or whatever. We were both dating other people. Right. And I was the pilot at that time. Right. Oh, I I remember all that. Yes. Oh, go down a rabbit hole and have a, a sense of gratitude for that. Wow. I'm and like, and really? just so everyone's caught up, we won't mention names, but a couple years ago, no. LJ was dating a pilot who is pretty famous yeah. and who is a complete and utter piece of trash. <laughs> like, like I, for, and, and this, and you know what? It's one of those, and this is the last thing we'll say is it's one of those pieces of trash that looks good. But when you open it up, it's just filled with all those banana peels and fucking pear apple cores. And you're like, this is trash. This doesn't even belong in my dumpster. That's the person. So that's all we'll say. That's all we'll say. I will say this. I am sure he is a lovely person. That was not my firsthand experience with him. Wow. There you go. I don't know. I I don't know if I can agree with that. I, 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 I. 
I think I think there's some people in this world who will take every adv- will suck everything out of you to get ahead. So it's hey, te- teach me. Oh, hey, I have questions about how to publish a book. Oh, oh, this is all about you. So that's what I'll say yeah. about that. So there's some people yeah. like that. I still think yeah. complete and utter douchebag, and I stand by that. <laughs> I love you. I'm very I love you listen. I'm very loyal. Yes, and I'm, I I appreciate that. I'm and I agree. Very loyal, but you know I've been having so many aha moments this year. I know that's an Oprah term, but that I'm celebrating. Like when I when I learn something, like just I just learned last week that I don't have enough confidence, and I let my mm-hmm. ego run more wild. And when I have confidence, I'm more of a leader. I'm someone that people come to. I'm confident. Yeah. I'm not combative. I'm not mm-hmm. defensive. When my mm-hmm. ego's in charge, I'm crazy, I'm defensive, mm-hmm. I'm combative. And so mm-hmm. now that I'm, so every time I learn this new thing about myself or just humans in general, I celebrate it. Cause I'm like, wow, I'm so lucky that I'm able to learn these things. Yeah, because so- most people don't take the time to do that and do that kind of digging. I think that's why this time period has been so difficult for some people because you're forced to face yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is the most, frightening thing for people but also is your that that kind of confidence or ego is it have you noticed if it's wrapped on certain subjects like certain subjects or things that you feel confident in and then other areas that you may feel less confident in you that ego kind of takes over no actually i noticed and you know what we've uh, me and my therapist have kind of worked it to figure out that it's kind of the reason I, my mind is where it's at right now is because of so much that's happened this year, not only the pandemic, but I left my job at the airlines where yeah. I'm a very extroverted person. I, and mm-hmm. I got all of my social, 99% of my social interaction Ooh. from going to work. And not yeah. only that, no matter how annoying they made me and how management Literally, I felt like I could rip my skin off because they had no, like, I was like, did you just start yesterday? Like, they have no clue what they're doing. I still felt. Even I, even at the bitter end that it, happened. Oh, you would tell listen, me. retiring was stressful. I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm trying to leave and you bitches are I'm making this leave, rough. And you're like, you're making this so difficult. This should be the, I. you actually asked people to retire and I am and you're running me, you're, you're sticking big big pulls up my ass just because I'm trying. Yeah. Insane. (laughs) It was so insane. Oh my God. It was so insane. I I completely lost track of what I was saying now that's happening to me a lot because I have so much in my brain, but, um, the confidence is I know. Okay. So uh, now I remember what I was talking about. So it's like, I got all, I felt like a community, even though they angered me so much, I did still feel like a community because you could text me and you could say, this is happening. Oh, I know. Or David could text me. Oh, this is happening. Or any one of my friends. And now I don't have that. So not only did I, not only is there a pandemic where the only person I'm basically look at 99.9% of the time is my husband. I love him, but hello. Um, Of course. And that's anybody. Anybody. Um, I'm very grateful that I like my spouse and he likes me because I bet you there's a lot of people stuck at home with spouses they don't like. Don't like. So I'm very sure. lucky about that. But it, it was all these things, the pandemic, the, I, com- I lost 99% of my social interaction and yeah. there's still no sight of when this will end. So I kind of had like a meltdown, but I'm doing much better. But yeah. I realized 
that I was starting to not even have confidence for the things that I knew. Like if Ooh. like, like I know how to, I know how to write books, but then I was like, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I noticed that I was, I didn't even have confidence for the shit that I know how to do well. Do on a regular. Wow. Fascinating. Right. But once I realized, once that, once all those pieces came together, I was like, oh, wait a minute now. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, so now I'm starting to do more of that positive talking. Like if, if I'm challenged with something that I might be a little afraid of, I'm like, have confidence, you know, you can do this. Even if it's, even if it's scary or stressful, or you might not get to the end of it, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to try, you're going to have confidence. And I can already in a week feel myself in a better mood. Adjusting. Oh, wow. That's so good. I'm excited. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Again, I applaud you for like doing that work and, and honoring um, where you're at too. You know what I mean? I think that's super important too, to honor where you're at. Like, okay, here, this is where my confidence is lacking. This is where I need to put some intention. This is where I need to, whether it's a journal or, or, or whatever to kind of, work that out and process that in your brain again most people are not doing that during this time period and to a certain extent i feel like are you wasting your time you have yes. been gifted this weird weird time please do the work please do the work because i feel like it will communally benefit all of us when we leave and go into a new normal right. um, that you've taken this time to really grow and really appreciate and really um, unearth some of that icky shit that we all have inside. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's like when this first started in like February and March, it was like, woo, drinking every day, hanging out, doing yeah. this, watching Netflix. I haven't changed. I haven't showered in four days. Yay. Yeah. But then, yeah. you know, you can't do that forever. At some point, and I said this to Matt, like back in April, I'm like, think of all the people yeah. that keep so busy with their lives, constantly yeah. on the go, because they do not want to deal with their bullshit oh. that they have. Absolutely. That's and it's like, scarier. right. Yeah. Because you know, the world's just going, going, going constantly. And you don't even have, Oh, I don't have to be in therapy because I'm so busy. Yeah. I don't have to deal with my shit. And then the world mm -hmm. comes to a halt. And then mm -hmm. it's like, oh, now I'm listening to my inner, inner, I have a chance, it's quiet, I have a chance to listen to yeah. my inner thoughts, I have a chance to yeah. process, you know, people are like, wow, I'm fucked up. Yeah, I might need to, yeah. I might need to speak to a, per, a professional yeah. about it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And again, I feel really fortunate and very, very lucky that I have someone to quarantine with and that, um, because, you know, there were times that I didn't right. you know, have that. And there were times that I didn't feel comfortable being around people either because of my job. Um, because also my friend, I have certain friends and family members who are very high risk and have um, compromised immune systems and stuff like that. So I wasn't seeing people even in a social distancing situation. And I felt the, um, the hit of isolation, right. which is also horrendous for people that's why suicides are up that's why you know abuse is up mm -hmm. you know ch child abuse like all of these other things to it um so i i again you know how fortunate i am right and super grateful well, for let's, that um, well let's talk about no i'm sorry yeah. go ahead what no i'm sorry no i'm just saying finding other ways to connect 
right. I think is super important because loneliness is a massive problem, but I think it's the loneliness comes when there is, when there is self abandonment mm-hmm. is even worse. I think. Oh, so if you, you are mean lonely not because oh, you can't connect right. with people, but if you are lonely because there is self abandonment and like you don't recognize yourself, that is worse. And that obviously makes you even more disconnected. So right. I think it starts with doing that, unearthing that work and doing that internal work first, whether that's spiritually or um, emotionally or creatively or whatever that is. It's really addressing that kind of stuff. You need to go to Wisconsin more often. Right? <laughs> oh my right. God. I I feel like you could start a religion and I would follow it because, hey, oh, no, I mean, uh, you're like, oh no, that's blasphemy. Don't talk like that. Don't talk like that, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, Jesus. I want to talk about Danny, but I'm going to wait until that's the last thing we talk about because oh, okay. I, have a, I, I have some questions, but... You know, you spoke of your. Wait a fi- minute. We said no questions about really. Uh, oh no, no, I'm not going to ask. No, no, uh, no. Trust okay. you can trust me. I'm not going to ask anything I... that's inappropriate. Except, well, I might ask. No, don't worry. But okay. uh, you mentioned your faith, and I know that you you're yeah. very into your faith, and you believe in God, and I respect that. Yeah. You know, I don't. And one of the I things know. that I love about our relationship is mm-hmm. that. You and I are on opposite pole, opposite sides of this thought process, but we were able, we're, we're friends. You're like my little sister. We wrote a TV show together. You know, whenever I'm blasphemous, you probably say a prayer for me at night. I love it. Somebody (laughs) needs to pray for me. Danny does too. But but I, you know, I know you and I know some of your close friends are Christians and I know, I know Christians. I know Christians. Um, but I always consider you guys normal Christians. Yeah. Like, like if somebody's like, Oh, the crazy Christians, I'm like, yeah, there are crazy ones. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I have friends that are normal. They're just like, yes, I believe in God. He's watching out for me or whatever you believe. And, and I respect that now being someone of faith, believe, you know, and with your beliefs, how do you cope with or deal with the idea of like Christian nationalists or the far right who have really just erased every, every single thing that Jesus Christ ever would have said. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause you know, I do believe there was a man named Jesus. I do believe that there was a person. Totally. And we've talked about, that right. I believe that he was yeah. there. I just don't believe, uh, maybe I'm Jewish. I just don't believe he was the yeah. son of God. Um, but I do believe there was yeah. a man named Jesus, but Jesus promoted, Jesus would have been a liberal. Like if Jesus was here today, the, 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 the far right would probably kill him. But yeah. I'm, yeah. Well, I mean, Jesus hung, hung out with hookers and thieves and, and you know what I mean? Like maybe I'm know, Jesus. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, he was about feeding the poor and, and, uh, right. Everything that the, the Christian nationalists and the far right Christians are not. So how do you, it would be like me. It's probably like how I deal with gay Republicans. I'm always like, wait a minute. You're making the rest of us look bad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very difficult. It's, um, uh, again, I don't care whether you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, whether you believe in Bar- if you want to call it Barney the Big Purple Dinosaur, if you want to call it Sky Daddy, whatever you want to call it. Like, is that's what you call Danny. 
when Danny's on top, you're like, Sky Daddy. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Poor Danny. He doesn't even know me and he's never going to want to meet me. But go ahead. Uh, no, he already does want to meet you. He's so excited because he, I told him about your Jeeps and stuff like that. And he's obsessed and camping and oh, all this kind and of very butch. I know. I was like, you guys are going to get along so well. I can't wait again. But with post-pandemic, when we all can hang out and go camping. Well, yeah, because home. when the world comes back to normal, you guys can totally come visit. I know, which we're so excited so about. Excited. He used to live in Colorado. It's a whole thing. We'll talk about it. I know. But go ahead. Well, he's from New Jersey originally, too. Oh, so, God. Yeah. That's perfect. I know. I know. Exactly. But anyway, um, it's, it's frustrating. Obviously, it's frustrating, and it's frustrating when people use God or Jesus as a front for being shitty, you mm, know? Right. I, I think that's, that's also very difficult, but my thing, it goes back to I'm responsible for me, and I'm responsible for loving people, and everyone kind of says, um, you know, how do you, you know, there's a Cleo, is a, um, Cleo Wade quote. Mm -hmm. I think I posted it like a while ago. Like, how do you end racism? You start with in your home. How do you, and, um, uh, you know, how do you, um, oh, dang. The world will say, like, there's so much hate in the world. How do you combat that? You need to devote yourself to love. You love yourself as much as you can. You love others as much as you can. You love without barriers. You love without judgment. Um, and I think that's what I kind of go back to. Right. I, I, I am not responsible for healing the world or saving Christianity for the world. Like that's not my job. Right. That was never my job. My job, it starts with me. I have to start with me and in my home. And yes, I, I have friends who are like-minded in, mm -hmm. in that, which I think are, are really great influences where I can kind of check in. But I also think it's really helpful to have people who don't think the way I do like you, like me, like, um, a bunch of other uh, of my other friends who who um, oh, some are Jewish, some are that you know have different right. beliefs as well. Um, but I'm not, at, and I I don't think I have with you either. Pushed what works for me and my Christianity on other people, and I'm sure there are going to be Christians who come to me and are like, "You're not Christian." Da, 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 da. Like, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. You know, I've had a lot of sex. Well, you're and, you're friends with gay people. They don't like that yeah, either. That's how basic and, it can and, be. Yeah. And Jesus, yeah, you know, and Jesus still loves me, loves me or whatever. And I cuss sometimes, and Jesus still loves me. Um, I think it comes down to the judgment part is not for me or people around me. That's not my job. My quote unquote judgment will be outside of this realm and this world, um, and that's between me and God. Right. You know. Um, so my job, again, I keep going back to when it gets too big for my brain, I keep going back to my job is to love and encourage people. Everything outside of that is out of my jurisdiction. It's right. not my job responsibility. I, it's above my pay grade. We're not supposed, um, and isn't that one of the things like you're not supposed to judge each other? You, you know, no. if you're a Christian, you believe you're judged at, you know, by when you get to heaven. Like, yeah, here's your life. This is all the shitty things you did. And when I think of that, I think, oh, my God, these far-right Christians are in for quite a fucking surprise. I think that's, but I think that's true with everybody. I feel like there's a lot of people who are going to be, like, really sorely disappointed when they think they're on the guest list and they're not. You but, know? <laughs> oh, I always joke that I'm an atheist, but if there's a heaven, I'm, I'm so going to get in because right. I've actually been a good human being. <laughs> And I think that's what's 
the day, it's loving and encouraging people. It's, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I mean, you know, my, my friend, Nate, who is not at all, you know, a Christian. Oh, I know Nate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, he's been on this show. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) Right. One and we, and you've seen firsthand the conversation that Nate and I have had for hours and hours and hours at a bar. And at the end of this conversation, I was like, Nate, it really doesn't matter. I love you as a human being. And what, and is that not enough? Right. What, what, what I believe in or um, what makes me happy or what gives me peace and gives me um, uh, gratitude. Um, Why is that? It doesn't affect you on a daily basis. I'm not trying to take anything away from you. I'm not also trying to convince you of anything. Um, so at the end of the day, I'm going to believe in whether it's Barney, the big purple dinosaur, Sky Daddy, um, whatever you want. Right. Uh, whatever you want to call it. My job Sky, is to love Sky Daddy. people. I like that. I'm writing that. <laughs> I'm writing that. Term. That sounds like a title of a book, Sky Daddy. My, mm, <laughs> That's a Danny mm, term. I can't coin it. Oh, know? is that what he says? Uh, Sky Daddy, my fall, yeah. from, my fall from heaven. No. <laughs> we do. <laughs> but no, you know, I, you know, one thing that I've always appreciated about you and I are, and we have, we have sat on your sofa and we have drank a bottle of wine, maybe more than that. And we have had great conversations about religion. And I think the most important thing that people can get from you and I talking even right now is respecting each other. And, you know, I'm, you know, my thing, my thing is, and I wanted to get your opinion on the far right because they've gone crazy. Well, they're, mm-hmm. they're even crazier than they were before, but it's like, yeah. how do you deal with a situation where it's like, you know, I don't want to be caught up in those types of people because now it's starting to get to where it's like, oh, all, you know, Christians, they're crazy. And that's not true. Yeah. I don't believe yeah. that. I yeah. do not believe that because yeah. some of the and people I that I love are Christian are Christians. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I don't think it's also so, I think our brains like having boxes and categorizing people. So we know like where to place things. And I understand that from a dyslexic point of view of like, okay, quote unquote, Republican box. This is what that means. Quote unquote, Christian box. This Mm -hmm. is what that means. And like anything else, I think it's very linear. Mm -hmm. And there's a spectrum for certain things. I think I'm pretty open-minded. I had sex with two Republicans. One of them had his finger up my butt. I think I'm pretty open-minded. Wait a minute. I haven't let a Democrat do that. Wait a minute. You know, so. Jesus is listening to this episode. And I did not need to know. Is that a true story that a Republican stuck his finger up your butt? Because that's, that should be in your children's book. And also, but all, but there you go. Also, I'm somebody who's written a children's book, and I just talked about having a finger up my butt. You know what I mean? Like, right? We're nuanced. We're humans. We're nuanced. There's like, here's an here's a great example. You know, so Matt and I bought guns, and I know that sounds scary, but gun this week oh my god i took my new gun yesterday and shot it and it was great but we Wait, bought you bought a gun oh yeah we buy a gun? oh i bought a gun i have a nine millimeter i know who am oh. i right but oh my god it's because and it's listen it's not because i think there's a world a, a civil war coming but maybe a little bit okay. but um it's because matt and i spend a lot of time out in the wilderness and yeah there's fucking bears there's mountain lion, and yeah. and there's also crazy people 
And there was a story that happened in California a couple, like over the summer or even before, like last year or sometime where this dad and their son, this dad and father, what, okay, wait a minute, father and son were off-roading in a Jeep and some crazy guy in an ATV came up on them and shot the dad. What? Yeah, it happened. It was in California. Yeah, it was in California. So, you know, Matt and I, and I will say this, I am not that I am not a gun owner person. I totally believe in the second amendment. I believe people have the right to own guns, but I also believe that you shouldn't be diagnosed with schizophrenia or mental health issues and own a gun. I mean, that should be, that's common sense. We don't let people blind people drive cars. So, so I I'm on that fence and I was always very like, Oh, Oh, you know, ah, I don't want to own a gun. I I'm not a gun owner. Um, yeah. and then we had this really serious conversation months ago and I was always putting mm-hmm. it off. Oh, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it. And then we finally got yeah. him. And yesterday we went and I always joke with people, you know, Matt and I have the same last name and yeah. I always joke like a lot of the time, and I'm going to say this a lot of the time we spend a good amount of time in Trump country. Trump country is people who have like 17 flags on their trucks and they have Mm -hmm. a sticker in each window of their house and all that. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I've always joked and said, you know, we have the same last name. So if anyone ever tried to fuck with us, we could say, Oh, we're brothers. We're not gay. And they wouldn't maybe harass us. So we go to the um, gun range yesterday and, um, we have to show our driver's licenses. And then I go to the bathroom because you know, I'm old and I pee every 20 seconds And while I was gone, the guy said to Matt, oh, you're brothers. And Matt said, no, we're married. Mm. And it was that, it was that moment of breaking down those stereotypes of, you know, yeah, no, not all, you know, yeah. Like I can be a liberal Democrat who believes, you know, in smart gun control or Mm -hmm. not gun control, but smart gun laws, but also own a nine millimeter that I go shoot and then it was fought. Because mm-hmm. if it's yeah. going to be me or a mountain lion, I don't want to. First of all, I have to say this: my life will have to. I the, I the mountain lion will probably have to already take a bite out of me before I would shoot it. Before you shoot it, because yeah. did you just say you shot your your first gun? No, I'm going to oh. this week because we're um, going to uh, outside of Chicago. His family. Oh, nice. Um, military lives on a farm, that kind of stuff. So I'm like, I'm going to shoot my first gun this week. Well, but also be with, um, you know, trained military. Sure. Right. So that's how I'm going to have my first experience. Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. You know, it's a really good and excited. uh, It's scary. The first time I remember the first time I ever shot a gun, I cried. And this wasn't this time. This I was like six years ago. And the reason I cried was because I thought to myself, oh my God, no humans should have this much power. That was my first thought. Mm-hmm. My second thought was, how could anyone, you you better be like dying. You better be like, they. I'm about to die to pull a trigger, mm-hmm. pull a gun on someone yeah. because there is so much power that I yeah. still, even today, after I went yesterday and I have a nine millimeter gun in my bedside table, I think to myself, <gasps> no human beings should have this much power. It's like power and also like a, a sense of respect 
Too? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's what I was talking with the guy about, because, you know, you can always tell a new gun owner because they come in and like the every time someone shoots the gun, their gun in the range, you you jump like my body. Oh, wow. My body is still anxious about it. But you get in that yeah. little cubicle and you just uh-huh. focus and you say, I have confidence. This is what I was doing yesterday. I have confidence. Yeah. I ha- I respect this. I am not yeah. going to take i'm i'm going to be the smartest most careful gun owner um you know and now i have to now that i own a gun i have to stop my gun because you know i'm always like i will shoot that bitch now i can't say that yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh i can't say that anymore but oh i'm so excited and i can't wait to um to hear about your first your first time you're gonna pop your 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 cherry again I'm going to, I'm going to pop my, I didn't even think I had a cherry left to pop. There you go. Listen, you have, (laughs) well, you definitely don't have a butt. You don't have a butt. I have my wedding cherry to pop. Um, Not after that Republican's finger was in it. Uh, I was like, does that count? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. But listen, speaking (laughs) of fingers and butts, let's talk about Danny. Uh, Let's talk about Danny. So I want to know, I don't know if you know this, but. He's oh. well, you know, he's hot, but also oh God, I know. Please, when me, I, I saw, that. when I saw the first picture of him and you guys, like yeah. he shared a photo, I said, when did she yeah. start dating did- Chris Evans? Uh, oh. And I was like, gorgeous. and I was like, will she get him on my podcast? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how private I am about everything. Yes. And that was like such a big deal. Also, I'm going to pee. So this is us. Wait a minute. Let's be honest. Well, this is us and a few hundred other people. Are you peeing right now? I I'm going to pee. I'm going to put you on mute so you can't hear me really quickly. Oh. So, you know, I re- I remember when we did confessions so wait, on the wait, fly. Wait. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Don't wait, wait, wait. Keep talking because I'm going to mute you so I can pee really quick. So keep okay. talking. Okay. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to keep talking. When we first when we first did confessions on the fly, and. People, I would get so many messages from pilots like, oh my God, she's so hot. She's so hot. And I would be like, well, first of all, you're married. She's slightly crazy. This will not work. (laughs) But I'm sad that you're not letting everyone hear you pee because there's probably a pilots when they see you as the guest, they're going to tune in and they're going to think, oh my God, I missed seeing her. And now you're, (laughs) they're missing you peeing. And I don't know, there could be a golden shower person out there. They miss hearing me urinate. Sorry about that, guys. It's okay. It's okay. Can't help you. So, yeah, your man is hot, and yeah. he looks like Chris Evans with that beard and the shaggy oh. hair. Yeah, I know, right? It's like Captain. That's he's like beard. he's like your Captain America swooping in with his, you know, no Captain America didn't have a sword, but um, is he? Are you guys both? Are you guys? Are you guys both Christians? Are, is that something you have in common? Like, what kind of things drew you to each other? Yes, we both are Christians. Oh, so that's that nice. was a big thing. So that was really nice. Um, that beard, I will say the beard, um, he he had a very insanely bushy beard um for a project he was doing. He's an actor. Um so that was something that definitely caught my attention, I will say. Right. <laughs> because he was jacked and had a massive beard. Um 
kind of looked like a lumberjack, like a dirty grifter. And I was like, that's hot. I'd do that. I'd sit on that real quick. <laughs> yeah. d- d- um, excuse- did you say that? LJ, this is a family <laughs> show. It's a family it's, show. No, it's not. It's not. I love not when you're dirty. I love when you're dirty because you always, you've all, you know what? I've noticed something. You're dirtier today than you would have ever been on Confessions on the Fly. And I think it's because the camera was on you. So, I want you to remember if we ever go back to do a third season and we're in front of a camera, I'm going to remind you of how dirty you actually are. Oh, I've become more liberal in my old age. Oh, look at you in your old age. What are you, like 31? God, stop I it. love you. I love you. But go you. ahead. Um, so you guys have a, you have a lot in common, right? Yeah, we do. I mean, I think that was fun, uh, interesting when because we were supposed to, we were slated to work on a sh- on a film together at the beginning of this year, mm-hmm. um, and that went um, because of COVID and everything, you know, uh, got postponed or whatever. And then I was flying during COVID. He went home um, to the farm uh, during COVID and stuff like that. So we I love that. A little bit. Um, but then when we were both back and things were gearing up for the film or whatever, right. um, that before the second and third and fourth shutdown, and, you know, our film got moved because of fires, because of COVID. Yeah. Kind of stuff. I think, um, you know what I think it is? I think it's God preventing Nate from making a movie because Nate is a heathen. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait to tell him that. And please tell him I said it and he's going to say, it's probably true, but go ahead. (laughs) Probably true. Probably true. Uh, But Nate and and, uh, Danny are really close friends too, which I think is is really fun too. And and Danny's a believer. Um, We both, he likes Justin Bieber. What? He's a, b- a believer. He's a believer. Oh, please don't tell me that. I've just lost all respect for him. No, I know you said believer. I'm just teasing you. Uh, but we both like were born in New Jersey, um, even though his family is now in outside of the Chicago area. Um, so that was a big thing. We both have obviously acting and um, creativity in common there. Um, so I think those were the bigger things, like the right. foundation. Um, and then... You know, he's got a great sense of humor. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Because I've always told you, don't stop dating in Hollywood. Stop. I have been a very big advocate of telling you, do not date an actor. Or don't date anyone in this sinful cesspool of a city. So when you started having that connection, take out the sex, Mm -hmm. because I know you're a horn dog and you were probably like that beer. I I know you. People, (laughs) I know what you were thinking, LJ. But... Oh, see, you can't say that. You cannot say that. Just don't even say that because now everyone's like, oh, she's a horn dog. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. When she saw him, the first thing she thought of, like she said, was I'm going to sit on it. But when, but were you, was there ever a a moment of I shouldn't be getting involved with with somebody in Hollywood or an actor? It's kind of like don't get involved with flight attendants. Um, I wasn't, how do I say this? Mm, Um, That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really thinking long term when. Okay, that's honest. My first initial um, hookup. Yeah, I mean that literally wasn't what my intention was. I made right. my intentions clear. Um, in that, and uh, you know. Wow, I, I think you, are, you are you are. 
You are literally walking on a tightrope right now. Wow. I'm trying to be very calculated in that. Wow. This is in, this is so exciting. I've boned up for like the fourth time on this conversation. Jesus. Yeah. No, I'm no, not. I was very clear with my intention. Right. Um, and I didn't really have expectations past that. I think, and I don't think he did either. We both right. were pleasantly surprised. And, I love it. And it just became it was just so fun and so um so much to talk about and and there was so little judgment with my job and so he has possesses so much grace Mm -hmm. as a human being that it just made me feel more comfortable and I just I, I just think um the timing was really right and and I know you're not a god person but for us it was something of like oh that's interesting the timing how Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna use God because that's what I use. Yeah, like that's fine. How God God kind of planned certain things out. Right. Um, I say universe, way, but it, it's it's basically the yeah, same thing. Yeah. Sure. I always say if the universe has a plan. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So we just kind of leaned into that. Um. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited about that because yeah. I love the idea of a relationship starting when there was no expectations because you know that's how. Matt and I met when we met, I was getting ready to leave and move to Chicago and become, I wanted to be an actor and he was 22. And the last thing he wanted to do, I was 31. He was 22. The last thing he wanted, we were like, let's just have fun. No expectations. And we just had our 16th anniversary. So I'm not putting any pressures on you, but what I'm saying is when you start a relationship that you didn't see coming, you didn't have any plans mm-hmm. and you didn't put any expectations on them, they usually mm-hmm. tend to run a longer course because totally. there isn't all of that, you know, emotional baggage that you started with because it starts fun and exciting. So, yeah. yay, I'm so happy for you guys. And he's hot because I couldn't have you. I couldn't be your friend if you were dating somebody not good looking. Oh, God, no, no. Oh, stop. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it's crazy but like no I agree with you in that sense because even I mean it was again very fun and and no pressure kind of thing and then he was I mean he was working on this amazing film up in Yosemite for like eight weeks wow um and then you know I was I came up there during one of the breaks and then I can't we came up again and you know I just think it just it just lend itself to whether it was the time period, whether it's COVID, whether all of, all of the things kind of aligned that it worked because who knows if I was working a normal schedule and we had done the film right. the way we, you know, the other film that we were slated to do back in March or February, who knows if any of this would have happened the way it did. I don't, I honestly don't think right. so. Right. Um, so I think everything, the timing and everything kind of worked out the way it did. Um, I, we're just really happy and enjoying That's, it, which I think is cool. Right. Um, again, we're super private about certain, you know, elements. And I mean, and we're you not should be. Cool. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, nobody knew. No one. I knew. didn't know. Until I, no, he no. shared a, cause you're so, you're so, you're even private with the people that you're closest to, which is, 100%. which I respect yeah. that. I respect that. And it was like, he shared something on Instagram and then you reshared it. And I was like, wait a minute, when did she start mm-hmm. dating Captain America? Mm-hmm. And then I had to get nosy. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. And I mean, the, the first, I mean, I had, I had to tell my two very close girls 
um, because I was headed out of town. Right. Um, and we were kind of each, each other's um, COVID bubble or whatever. Right. Um, and I kind of, that was the only reason why I, just, I had to divulge something to them too. So n- literally no one knew for a long time um, because I, you know, through past experiences and stuff like that, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep this for me until I figure things out. Because I don't want outside influences and things like that. Sure. I think that's super important. Um, and the only reason why I told those two people was because I was, you know, out of town for a while um, on one of our our trips or whatever. Um, and, yeah. again, you, you know, we wanted to figure it out first. And then that was a quite some time before anything was even posted on a, you know, an Instagram and stuff like that. Right. Not like that needs to be a thing either of like a declaration. Right. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not for that. You know that. But my thing is the person who is important to me will never be a secret. I don't want them feeling like they're a secret. Um, but I will keep it private because I have been, and we all know I it's have been, been someone's secret Yes, and that is inappropriate. Um, right. So I can keep things private, but that person will never be a secret. Right. There's, Um, there's, there's, you can keep things secret, but also respect the person you're with. And mm-hmm. um, I want to thank you for even talking about this because I know you're yeah. so private. And I'm not getting into, I don't want to know all the details and, and stuff. Totally. But I did want to leave on a, a this note of that you're in a really good place and that makes me so happy. And one more thing about my husband and I, the only reason we met was because of Hurricane Charlie in 2004. And he was off from work for two days. And if that hurricane would have never happened, he would have ne- I would have never met him in my life, would, would be a completely different experience right now. Isn't that fascinating yeah. to think if it was slightly different? And that's, and that's why I, again, am so grateful. Like if this time period didn't happen, now however long you know, Danny and I are in each other's lives mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. I'm so grateful for that time. Sure. And that's the, so, and that is the way to be with every relationship you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. LJ, listen, Friendship, uh, relationship, whatever. Yeah. Butt buddies, everything. All of it. <laughs> Listen, before I let you go, though, you know I have to wrap this up because I have to go take a placement college test, which I, know. I am so afraid because I'm an idiot. But okay, listen, no, let's you're play. Not an idiot. You're going to do amazing. Oh my God. I haven't done algebra in 30. If you sat down to do an algebra test right now, would you pass it? No, fuck no. Okay. Absolutely not. Well, there you go. Welcome to my day. So let's play. Let's get grounded. So pick a number. I know. Pick a number between 1 and 100, and I will ask you the question. Okay. Um, oh, um, if you already don't know, 81, if you don't no, know the question. 30, 30, I see. I can't make a decision. You can't even decide. So oh, my God. You can't even pick a number. This is going to be exciting. Pick a number. And you're like, wait. Have Danny. Else. Listen, do this. Yell out to Danny to pick a number. Okay, hold on. Danny. Babe. Pick a number between 1 and 100. Honey, can you pick a number from 1 and 100? I know. See, he's doing the same thing. He's oh, my God. 77. Okay, Perfect. the number is 77. Oh, this is a good question. Who would you swap lives with for a day? Ooh, who would I swap lives with for a day? Yeah. Can I pick a very vain one? You can pick anyone. This is your question. Blake Lively. 
Isn't she married to Ryan Reynolds? Sure is. And she, I know her kids' names because of Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's absurd. It's absurd that I know that knowledge. Oh, God. I know that's the most vain thing ever, and I should pick somebody, like, amazing and who's doing wonderful things, but I'm like, wait, Riley. Well, I'm sure she's amazing. Yeah. But, like, you know, Ryan Reynolds, she doesn't drink. She's got three kids. You know, I think two or three kids or something like that. Oh, my God. You would spend three – you would spend one day with all those three kids, and the next morning you'd wake up and you'd be like, thank God that's over. I'm a two-kid lady. All right, listen. (laughs) Please let everyone know, or you're probably like, no, I don't want everyone to know. Have you, well, first of all, have you started an Instagram page for the new book? I have not yet, but that is my plan to do that. By the end of this year, I will have a new Instagram for Pennies Ready to Fly. Pennies Ready Um, to Fly. And the book will come out first quarter of 2021 for people to purchase. Very excited about that. It will come out then. And part of the proceeds um, will go to a charity supporting dyslexic learning. So you won't just be supporting um, my finances, but um, dyslexic learning. In the that's future. so amazing. That's what yeah, a great human thank being. You. Thank you so Aww, much for that. And listen, who knows, maybe 2021, there'll be a Confessions on the Fly reunion. I would love that. Let's find out if anybody wants to, to hear that in the future. If oh, they down, do. They cool. do. They do. All right, honey, you take care. Be safe. And I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Love you. Be safe, everyone. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Grounded with Joe Thomas, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow the Instagram page at Grounded with Joe Thomas on, you guessed it, Instagram. Tell all your friends, and we will see you next episode.